Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Good morning, church. I hope you're doing all right. We're in a uh, we're in an unusual place. Some of you guys have been out here before. Some of you guys have never been out here before, but we're at the old dairy farm, and uh, we're going to be having worship here next week outside. It's going to be absolutely fantastic and beautiful, unless there was bad weather, in which case we'll let you know, and we'll just do some worship online for you at uh, 10 a.m. But one of the things that we've got here is this, uh, as French uh, named it this morning for the first time, Ye Old Dairy Barn. I don't know, or Deck, far- deck Barn? I can't remember at all. We had the dairy farm in the deck barn. But man, we're here in this place, and I remember when we got this place, and it was pretty well, like, trashed. I mean, like, there was just junk everywhere. And in this space, like, there were just all kinds of problems. Like, over on one wall, there was, like, you know, uh, there was, like, insulation coming out, and there was, like, junk in the floor, and we had spiders. We had some serious, serious spiders, man. There was some spiders in here. I remember one of our kids, like, literally, I think, grabbed and squished um, a black widow. It was so frightening that the Lord protected him, though, which was great. But I'm just around here, and I'm thinking, this place is great, but uh, we got a lot of problems. I mean, this building is rough. I mean, this is kind of the, the one thing we got to work with right now. And I'm going to tell you, man, it's, it's rough. I mean, we put some garage doors in. We kind of opened it up. It's really great. But, I mean, like, gosh, if you just look around, there's, like, I mean, there's no, there's, like, paint missing on the walls. You know, there's, there's ow, there's uh, splinters on the walls. They're there still. Oh, man. I mean, this just... There's cracks in the floor. I don't know. I mean, like, some of the windows have shades. I mean, we got all kinds of issues. There's nowhere to sit. I mean, it's just problem after problem after problem all over this place. There's problems over in this one shed. It's got a leaky roof. There's problems in this one place. It's got mold. We got problems in this other place. The floor doesn't work quite right. But here's the thing. And here's what I'm going to get to preaching today. Y'all ready, man? I've been waiting. I've been waiting to preach this whole week. This is all a matter of perspective. Seeing problems is all a matter of perspective. Now, COVID has been tough on all of us, right? And I'm, I'm not even just talking about the horrific things that happen with it. I'm just talking about also those things that have sort of translated their ways into our regular lives. It's messed up everything. It pushed people's like vacation lives around. I know that's not really that big of a deal. But seriously, we've had so many people hurt, depressed, anxious, and all these really deeply frustrating and difficult things happening around COVID. It's been tough on all of us. But see, it's kind of changed the way we see everything. I don't know if you've seen this, but like people can't find folks that want to go to work. It's the craziest thing. They'd rather stay home. They don't want to get out in pandemic world. Or even the folks that, man, I'm telling you, they're quitting their jobs, leaving their jobs rather than go back into the office. There's like a crazy articles about it this week I saw coming out about how they're leaving their jobs altogether. It's changed the way we see everything. And it's broken us down a little bit. And I think it's even broken us down a little bit as a church. But see, sometimes, come on, sometimes as a church, we got to get pruned back a little bit so we can grow even further, even bigger than we ever have before, even stronger than we've ever been before, church. I'm going to talk to you this morning because like this building, seeing the problems is just a matter of perspective. This is the final part in this series we call Reach Beyond. We've been, we, we decided that we're going through this COVID time. We're going to figure out what makes us tick as a church. Who are we as a church? 
How do we be a better church? How do we understand our mission better as a church? And we said it's about find community, build faith, and reach beyond. This is the final part of our series, Reach Beyond. We're going to hit it again in the fall. We're going to talk about it again. But right now, we're talking about going beyond ourselves. And we're thinking about how God sees us, how God sees this world. See, life often hands us problems. I hear this all the time. Pastor, I got problems, man. Problems on problems. You, I mean, got, my problems got problems. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I can't even, I can't even handle tomorrow. I can't even, don't even talk to me about next week. I'm trying to handle this afternoon. Just make it through. See, life often happens and it hands us problems. But God has a different perspective and wants us to see something else. And I'm preaching to some people today that need to hear this. There's some people today watching that are struggling with some of these problems. Some of these things that sitting in front of them that look like blocks. And we want to see how God is going to change our perspective today. God has a different perspective and wants us to see something else. I was a, a preacher in Knoxville. It was my very first call out of seminary. It was awesome. Knoxville, Tennessee. I loved it. Loved being, that's, that's what, that's, if I was a Tennessee Vol fan, I call it the promised land. I know for some of y'all that's like Clemson and Columbia and Boone and all this other stuff, Chapel Hills and the, the Durham and all that. Now I'm going to tell you, promised land's in Knoxville, Tennessee. I love being in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was awesome. Loved being there. Got a chance to work at a church called Faith Lutheran Church. It was a fantastic congregation over in, uh, over in West Knoxville. And when I got there, pastor and I talked about, senior pastor and I talked about, we needed a place to worship. Because we didn't really fit in this little worship. We had so many people that wanted to come to worship. We had this little teeny space, and it wasn't quite enough space to worship. It was frustrating for us, right? It was frustrating. We had so many people wanting to gather. We had just a little teeny tiny space, a little bit of sanctuary. This big, huge gym that was noisy, 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 echoey, echoey, echoey inside the gym. It was all kinds of problems with this space. All kinds of problems. On a, anybody, is this resonate with anybody right now in here? All kinds of problems. We got all these people want to gather. We got a tiny little space. Won't hold everybody. All of other problems out here. It's got the heat in the field. We just got to spray for all the bugs. And sometimes when it gets rainy, your shoes fall into the grass, the sink, all that stuff. And I'm standing here preaching and working in this place and thinking, we got to find a space. And so I would go to those spaces. And I went into that gym. And I just sat there. For hours, I kid you not, and I prayed, and I waited, and I watched. And all of a sudden, I started seeing the perspective change. Started hearing how God was giving me a different set of eyes to look at this space. What, what felt like it was noisy and, and echoey was just a place for the chamber of music and voices to resonate so that we could see and hear and feel the Holy Spirit and the voices in that room. Anybody else like this? Like you go and you buy a house or you go and you're looking for a new house or something like that. You go and you sit in the house and you start imagining, right? Like where your furniture is going to go. You're like, well, we could put this over here. And you know what? I might want to take out this wall here because then I could have this big open space. You start imagining it. When you walk into those places, and I walked in that gym, it was easy to see all the problems, all the walls in the way. All the problems with the, the noise and the echo and the, and the, and the grass and the, and the heat. But see, God was trying to show us. Come on now. God was trying to show us that it was going to be able to hold miracles of potential. See, what we saw as problems, God saw as potential. And brothers and sisters, it was not long before that place was filled with people 
worshiping the Lord. And it was a beautiful, beautiful sight. And oftentimes, I think we need that reminder. See, sometimes life hands us problems, but for God, it's just potential. As a matter of fact, sometimes we walk up to that mirror and we see problems. I'm not good enough. Not strong enough. I don't have the right words. I haven't put enough energy in. I I haven't done whatever it is that you say when you look at that mirror. But see, God wants you to see beyond yourself those, those problems that you see. God wants you to see what can be done through you. God wants you to see that those problems that you might be seeing when you look in the mirror are actually just potential. Where we see problems, God sees potential. We're looking at scripture today, Luke chapter 10. I'm going to walk through Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. You've heard this story a hundred times. I'm going to tell you something. I heard this story different than I've ever heard it before. I know, Pastor, Pastor, you say that all the time. You say you read something new you never read before. How do we know you're not just making it up? I'm telling you, I'm not making it up. I read something new again this time. Scripture is alive. It comes alive. It stays alive. And this scripture spoke to me. Luke 10, 25 through 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law, Jesus replied. How do you read it? And the man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. (laughs) You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you'll live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor (laughs) and replied Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers they stripped him of his clothes beat him and went away leaving him half dead now here's where the story gets really interesting a priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man he passed by on the other side it's got to stay clean can't touch him but a Samaritan as he traveled came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. I'm going to read that, vo- that in a voice that everybody would have heard it. You ready? But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave him to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Now, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hand of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Now, there's a couple of notes, a couple of notes that hit me right away. If you notice in this, they would not say, they would still not say the name of the Samaritan until the very, very end. See, part of that is a historical context of how Samaritans thought of. The other part is to highlight the perspective of those who are hearing this. See, we have to understand the second thing is that the verse context is that he had just sent out the 72, which means Jesus had just sent out these 72, and the results of all that was done is now sitting in front of them, And this one guy comes up and wants to pick a fight. These 72 went out and they did amazing things in the name of the Lord. Incredible things in the name of the Lord. I mean, they were on fire with the Holy Spirit. was moving in their lives. And then this guy wants to pick a fight. 
Some of y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all, y'all, y'all got this person in your life. Everything's going well, and everything's going just fine. All of a sudden, they call you and want to rain on your parade. They want to come just bring some drama, just bring some sort of problem, just some sort of funk they want to put in on your life. And then all of a sudden, it's got to be your problem too, right? It's now you got to to deal with it. Now you find yourself in the midst of somebody else's drama, spinning around like a toilet bowl, knowing there's only one way it's going, and down, it's going down. See, this guy wants to pick a fight. And the reality of this story is, is that our calling, think about this church, is to quit thinking about who or who isn't our neighbor. I'm going to tell you this, is to see rather how we can be neighboring. Follow me on this one. I'm going to go here. It's time to stop worrying about the problems and start looking at the potential. Now I'm going to preach today. I'm going to preach. Is that all right? Can I preach? Somebody let me preach today. I think the Lord wants to hear, wants us to hear this loud and clear. we got to stop looking at life's difficulties as problems and start seeing the potential that God places before us. Because the reality here is clear. This was not a human worth touching, messing with, caring for. Absolutely not worth the time of day. This is somebody beaten, broken on the side of the road. It's a lost cause. It's over. They got nothing to give you back. There is no reward potential. It is a massive problem, and it's so much easier for us to do this right here. Turn the other way. Just don't even look. Pass by on the other side. Stay clean. Stay out of the fray. But see, God flips it upside down so that we'll hear it loud and clear. See, what some might see as a we are called to see as potential. Now, you know what this is for you in your life. That problem that we need to be able to see as potential. Think about what happens here. The man serves and gives out of great abundance. Think about it. This is what happens. It's like five different things that happen in this scripture. First, he stops. He stops what he's doing. He stops in the middle of his own journey, in the own direction that he has to go. He stops. The precedent was not to stop, right? The priest, the one who was fancy and knew all the law, and as a matter of fact, the one that was listening to this was an expert in the law. And you know what priests were? Experts in the law. He walked on the other side of the street. But this man, this man who you should not even want to be around as a Samaritan, he's awful, man. You ever been around them? They smell bad. They got issues. They eat weird food. They never show up to anything on time. They always never bring, they never bring a, a food to the party when we're trying to get all together. They're the one that shows up, eats everybody's chips, trying to drink everybody's beer. You know what I'm talking <laughs> They're talking about that, that, that one. Or the one that comes to play the game and tries to steal the ball and runs off and do their own thing. That was for the children right there since I gave one for the adults. That's what for the children right there he stops and the second thing he does is he throws aside his own safety there are robbers on this road and he knows it he's just seen what they've done to one but he stops and puts himself at risk for the sake of this one the third thing is how many of y'all very experienced with donkeys you spend a lot of time around donkeys Donkeys are not as big as horses typically, right? Donkeys are pretty small. As a matter of fact, some of y'all got dogs as big as a donkey. You cannot fit two human people on a donkey. Not comfortably, especially when one is all kinds of messed up. He gave up his own transportation. He gave up his easy ride where he was going for this man. Fourth thing, he takes time with him. It says... The next day, he spent time with him. He spent time with him. He took him and stayed with him. 
Then when he had to go, he had to move on to do the next thing he had to do. He left enough resources to care for the man and then said, when I come back, whatever you spend, I'll give it to you. (laughs) All right. Now, up to this point, this is like every other sermon you heard on the Good Samaritan. This is where it switched for me. This is where it changed. This is where God dropped a bomb on me this week when I was working through this. And oftentimes, I think we try to identify with one of those folks on the road. Any one of those folks. Sometimes we're the priest. We know it. We turn. We're not paying attention. We just walk along. We don't look at the problem. We, don't, we see the problem, but we don't want to deal with the problem. So we move on. Or sometimes we're the robber, aren't we? We're the one that creates the problem. We are. Sometimes we feel like the broken man. Beat up, torn out, can't pay my bills, can't deal with the stuff I got to deal with. My schedule is relentless. I can't find any time for myself. I can't take vacation because I can't take time off. I'm hurt. I'm beaten up. I'm waiting. I'm hoping. Just sitting there and nobody's coming. And sometimes we think about ourselves as the Samaritan. The one that did good. Superhero, one who comes to the aid. I'm the Samaritan. <laughs> all right, all right. But see, here's this thing that keeps bugging me. Church, you are not the Samaritan. <laughs> I know, I just destroyed the sermon. It was going so well. French wasn't going so well. I mean, we're shouting on the deck. We're having fun. Neighbors showing up outside. They don't even know what's going on. They're just hearing the word of God showing up. Holy Spirit calling them in to this place. Church, you are not the Samaritan. I know I destroyed the sermon, but church, you're not the Samaritan. There's one person that gets lost in all this. Now, let me tell you. I'm going to tell you that one in just a second. But brothers and sisters, let me just take a quick note of who the Samaritan is. The Samaritan is Jesus. Every time. The Samaritan is Jesus. Jesus is the one who stops. Jesus is the one who gives of his resources. Jesus is the one who throws himself in the unsafe place, who takes care of the hurt and the broken and then stays with the broken and gives resources for healing so that that brokenness will be made whole once again. When we see death, Jesus brings life. When we see broken, Jesus brings healing. When we see sickness, Jesus brings health about this. Are you ready? This is the bomb. It's coming. You ready? Come on. I know somebody's ready. I'm ready. You're at work. You're minding your own business. Doing your thing. Just doing whatever needs to be done. Minding your, washing down, tending to the good, paying folks at your business, making sure that everything's all right and everything's good. Tidying up, washing down the bar. Then all of a sudden, boom, door opens up and somebody brings in, not just somebody, a Samaritan brings in some beaten, injured, bleeding all over my floor person. In comes a problem. And yet it's actually potential. See, Jesus answered this man's question. Who was, he was looking for a noun. Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answers him with a verb. He says, how? This is how, you neighbor. I will go out and I will pick up the ones who are broken. I will go out and I will rescue the lost. I will go out and put them on my donkey and bring them back to where they need to be, to healing. And I'll give enough resources. Church, you were never a noun. You've always been a verb. Brothers and sisters, this is our life every day. You are called 
called to be the innkeeper. That's who you are. That's what your job is. Jesus is going to bring you those problems, and then you're going to be able to see the potential, the potential healing, the potential for us to break down party lines, to break down class lines, to break down racial lines, that we could be one people of God caring for each other. Jesus is going to bring those potentials, not problems to you. When we look at those things, stop seeing them as problems. Start seeing those moments as potential for God to work, for God to use you, for God to use me, for all of us, the church, to be the church, not a noun. Always a verb. Come on. Somebody say to amen to me this morning. Our call is to be the innkeeper. Care for those who Jesus is rescuing, healing, and making whole again. Feed the hungry. Clothe the naked. Tend to the broken. Because Jesus has got a lot of work to do. So Jesus is going to leave that potential at your feet. Not because we're going to get some kind of reward, but rather because Jesus has got a lot of work to do. Jesus has potential, not problems. Our call is to stop seeing that Jesus brings us problems and start loving the potential to see lives changed, to see moments shared, to see faith rebuilt, reborn. That's our call, church. So here we are. <laughs> Plenty of problems. I don't know, the roof might be leaky. I don't know, we got to probably paint. Definitely need some new lighting. It's going to be tricky, guys. And heck, we're going to try to build a building. And I mean, we need all those resources so we can do it. We got to put all this stuff together. I mean, it's, it's a big problem. <laughs> but remember what God does with problems, amen. The Lord takes this and creates potential through me, through you, for this community around us. See, church, now is the time. If you tuned out, tune back in right here because we've got to remember, church, that we were always a verb. We were never a noun. The next chapter is not about a building. It's not about this building. It's not about any building. The future of our church, the next chapter is about mission. You know why? Because it always has been absolutely 100% always has been because there are so many waiting, hoping, lying on the side of the road that Jesus is going to bring into our midst and give us all the resources to take care of them, to nurse them back to health. So get ready, fellow innkeepers. <laughs> Jesus is about ready to bring a lot of potential into our doors. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, you are every bit of good and gracious there is. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks and praise knowing that you, God, are the God that brings potential. When we see problems, you bring solutions and potential. Where we see great need, you bring resources beyond abundance. God, that's who you are. And that's how you call us to be. So God, we give you thanks this day. We lay our very selves at your feet. This land, this building, the buildings that are yet to come, the, the gravel driveway, and all the other things that we're going to do, Lord. Help us to see your potential. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. 
We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.